covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the 50-yard fight. We are Inside the Walls podcast. I'm Jim Merlier, alongside my co-host, 900 miles away, Zach Heilman. <laughs> How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good. Week six preview, episode 43. Yeah, uh, all three games. Everyone's playing this weekend, so there won't be two teams on the bye. That's what I'm talking about. Full slate. Full slate back. That's that's what I'm wanting to see. Just sucks that everything's at one time. Well, I'll have plenty of TVs this weekend, so I'll see all three in action. I'll be live tweeting slash live chatting with you, the fans, on Inside the Walls podcast on Twitter. Uh, Maybe Facebook, don't know yet, but especially on our Discord. Speaking of that, Please follow us on social media at Pod on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and follow us and the league at nationalarenaleague.com mm-hmm. and where you can watch all of our videos for up to episode, I think, 33 is where when our first episode was on the page with Mason Espinosa. Continue on there. But all the videos since we're there, nationalarenaleague.com forward slash videos. Also, you can follow us on our own Discord page. NEL fans talking about NEL things. And it's just a community that we talk to and we get to know each other. You'll see some bantering talk because, hey, that's what we do. We're fans. But overall, weekend's here. Three games are here. But this show is going to be a little longer than usual, but not too long. So it won't take you four days to listen to it. Maybe two sittings, depending on when you're listening at noon or later in the afternoon or even pregame. For NL action for week six. A couple things that uh, we need to get to for we have a big signing that just happened in the National Green League. Could be a determining factor of one organization, but we've had news recently in the NAL that was rumors, and we actually have confirmation from multiple sources that the San Antonio gunslingers are approved for their new ownership, the John Wayne Company. Yes. To be associated with the NAL. Uh, official, Our sources confirmed that the executive board unanimously voted them in. So we can officially talk about the new ownership group in San Antonio. So, Zach, I know me and you have been talking like about this off-screen for a couple of days, almost a week. We couldn't say anything until the, it goes through the process, the application, and the official vote. That's what usually was holding up everything in the process. People were like, why are you not jumping on this, on this juicy stuff? Why are you not doing this? There were a lot of rumors that started when this happened that were split like veins. When you look at your hands, all the veins in your arm, how it splits in different directions. It's what was going on. Too many rumors. You hear some people say, oh, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. This is happening. Not all of it was accurate. Most of it was completely not accurate, but was spreading like wildfire. We're going to tell you the facts, what we know about the new San Antonio gunslinger ownership group, John Wayne. Zach? Mm-hmm. Yeah, simply simply put it, uh, they started out the season kind of being a sponsor for the original group. Um, essentially, they just wanted to be a little more involved, and it kept growing, and sure enough, saw the passion for this team, as we were told, and here they are now getting through the official process. And yes, you know, I, there are folks that, you know, they had been s- 
some rumblings already that they had gotten things started out and that they were already owning this team roughly a little over a week ago, going on now two weeks almost as we're talking about it. Um, but again, like, you know, we, we talk with officials in the league, you know, when it comes to expansion ownership, when it comes to new ownership, you got to be approved for it. You know, you can there. It's one thing to sell a franchise on the side. But remember, the league also, because it's, you have a board of not only teams, but executive board members that are running the NAL, they have to be able to vouch for you as well and be OK with this, too. So, you know, John Wayne, obviously, if we look at just the simple facts of the company itself that is going to be running and operating this this brand, this the gunslingers themselves, they are one of the largest uh, service and uh, AC, I believe it's AC unit AC, companies. Yes. Yeah, they're one of the largest service companies, general service, like op, at least operators in Texas. Uh, they Southern have a lot Texas, of Texas, yeah. So it's not, there's no surprise that when we had heard our own rumblings and had talked to people on the side that said this is happening, at least on their end, that, you know, that was, that's a good confidence booster, you know, um, a lot more back, a lot more backing here coming in. Um, as we talk about with arena, you want to see stable teams. Um, that is a great sign to say, Hey, San Antonio, they have an ownership that can definitely make it through this year and hopefully, and should be years to come part of what the NAL wants to do in that Eastern central time zone frame that we've discussed and the commissioners discussed at length on this show before we even became the yeah. national show or the official show. So to put it bluntly, it's good. Overall, this is great for the league. And I, you know what, I, I do want to give a shout out to smoking guns because they've had talks at length with John Wayne already, that group out there uh, with the general manager and the part of the ownership that's going to be handling the gunslingers already. Um, we're very happy to hear what is coming out from them. So it was nice to get that officially confirmed this week. Um, and we'll hopefully, and we should be, already talking to them soon enough where we can try and get them on the show later on so you can talk with those guys too probably next week probably next week we might have the john wayne co- uh, company the owners of the san antonio gunslayers on the show we've like we've said it before before we were the official if breaking news happens with new expansion teams or anything on that matter we were going to get the ownership group of that team on the yep. show we were waiting this whole process to get them on we couldn't reach out to them till we had the all clear. We got the all clear and we reach out to them today on, on a Thursday here and recording day um, mm-hmm. and communication already open. So we're trying, we're trying to get this nailed down. Also shout out to the shooting guns, um, smoking guns, oh, guns. podcast. Um, they, they were the first ones to get the information. Um, I want to give them a little credit for that, but as us, for us, for the official podcast in the National Arena League, we couldn't say anything until the powers at bees because what this new ownership group did is that it did what an expansion team does that takes months to do. Mm-hmm. They did it in a few weeks. So right. there was a lot of stuff in the background that was happening. We heard snippets of it about two, about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, um, but we couldn't. We knew there was stuff working in the background. We just couldn't go, oh, yeah, that's official. And it, you, out there, fans, I know one thing. People say, oh, you guys, you, you should get, you know, all the intel. You should know all the intel. You should give all the intel out. Can't. We, sorry, we just can't. But um, it, it's very hard for us to go online, look at all the posts, and go, eh. 
Well, well keep in mind. Uh, you, you, here's let's look at this. It's so other hard, league. man. It's so right. hard. It's like I want to go out there and celebrate. Like, yeah, let's go, let's do it. Well, but man, it's just like, yeah. I mean, let's look at this as a league perspective, okay? I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let's draw it back. It's a, let's draw it's it back a, that way. You know, we we've we talk at length. The league talks to us at length. It's about trying to do this the right way and trying to again do it in a controlled fashion. You know, it, don't make it arena the arena indoor scene in its 30 plus years of existing whether it is the main afl whether it's been other leagues outside of the afl it's been very shoot from the hip all over the place it is the wild west when it comes to some things that go down i the the nal wants to get out of that and they, they had their yeah. own their own early going was very much crazy you know their, their early history is crazy for all of the different different people turning in and out so i think they're trying to you know, out of COVID, settle down. This is just another thing saying like, you know, hey, we're we're cool with this. We see that this is a good organization. And John Wayne's learning as well. You can go on Swing Guns podcast, listen to them, and they they straight up say like they're learning how this goes too. Yep. This is a learning process for them. But you know, with this whole setup, it was like why we wait. It's simple deal is there's a thing, there's a right way of doing this. You know, the league has built up a system of trying to vet as much as possible to safely bring in folks that they can trust that they know aren't going to be one and done fly by night organizations as much as possible, trying to avoid that now. And that's what they're doing. You know, it's a safeguard and they rushed, they of course hurried up that process, but again, this is a good organizational backing that the gunslingers are getting. Um, It's a boost. I think Um, Well, it's a boost. Yeah. When your name is John Wayne, well, the sure. legend John Wayne, you have to be legit. You just don't well, walk around with that name in Texas thinking that, oh, this is just going to be a, a you know, a one-year wonder organization. They've been, a, yes, this is their first couple of weeks of mm-hmm. owning the team. But John Wayne, one thing I love about John Wayne, just look up John Wayne, ladies and gentlemen, their company in San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. They're on every radio station in San Antonio. They, their billboards everywhere. Our contacts in San Antonio said they've heard more gunslinger radio ads in the last two weeks than they did since the team was around. So John Wayne knows, get the name out there. They did something big a couple weeks ago, their last home game. Well, I can't think they were playing Columbus. They bought tickets for the fans. Mm -hmm. That's another thing. And they've already said on on the Smoking Guns podcast that they're going to go out in the community. They're going to have more interaction. They're going to try and build it as a family event. What they said, a party atmosphere outside like events to get people drawn to the game. Cause Freeman is a historical arena in San Antonio. It's right next to the AT&T center, which is San Antonio Spurs play and it's San Antonio, San Antonio's lively. It's about over 1.2, 1.3 million people that live in that area. Just trying to find a way to get 0.0001%. That's 6,000 people. I'd be a tremendous upgrade to the San Antonio organization to get those fans in. And one thing I love about this organization already, I kind of inter- I interfered in their the podcast last week, and I said they're actually there's no really one great picture or product to look at to judge yourself on how to continue your success and how to do it. And I told them, not you know flexing my muscles about the organization, it's like follow what Jacksonville does. They've been around for 12-plus years, They've consistently had six to 7,000 fans per game since their first home game. One thing Jacksonville does, they're active in the community. There's radio content. There's commercials. There's billboards. There's everything. And they're like that all year long. It's not just six months out of the year or 
during the regular season, the NL, they're active. And one of the owners made the comments like he mentions like, well, Jacksonville is a prominent team in the league that he didn't further go into it. It's like, no, don't don't look at it as a competitor. Look at how they built their model around. You're seeing other teams in the league now, like Santa, uh, like uh, Albany, like Carolina, like Columbus are doing the same thing. They're trying to get into community. Like earlier this week, we had um, Jason Gibson on yep. what they're doing about letting fans get on the field, call plays. That's something that the arena game needs is more attraction. And, and John Wayne, I think, has the capital, has already has the reach, and they already have the notoriety in the San Antonio community to bring that community in to the Freeman Coliseum where they play home against uh, the Columbus, no, Carolina in a couple of weeks. And I expect right. that game to have the biggest attendance numbers they've ever had as an organization because now the organization group and the John Wayne have the capital to reach the population that – what the Smoking Guns call podcast calls them the OG3 or the original three owners. Mm-hmm. But we're not taking shots at them. I just said they they brought uh, they brought the Gunslingers alive to the original ownership group. They got them to the NAL, and now they're at this point with the new ownership group. Now they can say, okay, here's the here's the ownership group. John Wage like, okay, we're going to take your baby, and we're going to make it to contender. One thing about championship teams, no matter what level, if they have the ownership group that's buying in, a championship will come soon enough. So mm-hmm. for me, as an f- outsider to San Antonio, I'm excited about this uh, deal. I'm excited about this announcement. Now that I know, now that we know more information that's going on, the, all the rumors about folding and things like that that were getting thrown around everywhere, gone. Like that, gone. So to the ownership group and John Wayne, welcome to the National Arena League. Welcome to Inside the Walls podcast. We will show you some love next week, San Antonio. We will get them on, and we look forward to officially welcoming that group in. But I'm excited. It's a good ownership group. And for the other NAL teams, the best thing that ever ha- that happened so far this season is knowing that San Antonio is secured with an That's ownership right. group because they're the one that, like them in Albany, they have the furthest travel than any other team in the NAL. Now that they have a, a company that's named John Wayne, come on, that's that's taxes right there. Uh, John Wayne having the opportunity to own this team, they're going to go to, they're going to make the flights, they're going to make the games, and they're going to track fans in the community. So I'm looking forward to their next home game. Uh, I won't be there, but I will try my best sometime, either this season or next season, to make a trip to San Antonio uh, to go visit that group. And visit the city. So I'm looking forward to it. So I think San Antonio fans who will listen to our show appreciate it. Hello, new YouTubers. Um, <laughs> and also, I'm excited, man. I, the 0-3 season, throw it out the window. They have a good, uh, I think they found themselves a gym. And of course, like with new ownership, transition will happen. But for the longevity for the San Antonio Gunslingers in the National Green League, I think this is a great move. It is. It is. And I mean, I all I can say is that, you know, it's exciting. It Stability. Con- mm-hmm. continuity that's really important for the league again uh that only just strengthens things up and i think that extra boost of just pull that they're getting the radio ads and things that they can do um that only helps their situation you know and again they're taking what they know best and then they're going to be like they've mentioned on the smoking guns podcast again i have to reference that mm-hmm. because just listening in you know they they're trying to learn from owners on what's best practices on running a team as well so that's something that you know so far, both sides have been really optimistic. They're, you know, they unanimously got, unanimously were voted in 
as mm-hmm. ownership. So that's another great sign uh, in terms of owners working together here on this. And so only thing is up and up, you know, uh, you know, it's funny up and up is kind of the theme, I think with the league just outside of the COVID season. And that's all we can ask for. Um, I'm trying to find the best way to segue this for you, for you, because simply put it after oh, last no, no, week. No, 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 talk, no. Oh, you want me to do it? You want me to have, a, I did the tweet today about our next subject. I'm just going to say mean, it. I'm just, you want me to get, I mean, you, you, me? you can, I'm just going to tell you that up and up's all you can really go. If you're a Sharks yeah, yeah. fan. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know why? I mean, okay. 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 Um, I'm just going to say this uh, to the fans out there who haven't looked at Twitter. Um, we'll make sure we'll be somewhere on the screen. You'll see it. Um, it's up and up in Jacksonville. Just going to say Nelson. That's it. He's, he's, that's, tweet. <laughs> that's the tweet. <laughs> that's what I put. Uh, yeah. Arville Nelson, um, uh, breaking today, signing with the, or Thursday night breaking and signing with the Jacksonville Sharks. Um, for a lot of shark fans, including myself, um, yeah, didn't see this coming. I was notified earlier in the day, um, was still like, uh, well, didn't see this coming, but still it's come on. I'm not, I'm not being a judge. I'm not being a, you know, hardcore shark fan here. We've seen the sharks over the last five weeks on shark light and mm-hmm. and it revolves around the guy behind center and Henry's good. Up and down, up and down, up and down. It's the cycle of the football season. But getting Nelson, like you know, I mentioned before, like we're faithful. You don't get Nelson, you don't get faithful to be on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's starting. I do not know that. I don't know if he's going to be on the roster this weekend. Um, it could be. Just don't know. Um, but it's a interesting and big move for the Jacksonville Sharks. Um, we do know that Nelson was in conversation with multiple teams in the league. Um, he was coming. He was doing a comeback to uh, play in the arena game. And it's good that uh, he landed in Jacksonville. For a lot of Jacksonville fans, including myself, we're just trying to find some stability at the quarterback position. And Nelson, Arena Bowl champion um, with the Washington Dollar, a 2-10 and team, got in, did his magic in the playoffs, and won a championship. Um, it's, it's a intriguing move and the Sharks got a veteran quarterback who's played the games, played the arena game and who has, uh, you could say, uh, broken a lot of people's hearts in the arena game when he played for the Valor that season. But yeah, it was intriguing, man. Um, I was stunned when I got the text message about it. I thought someone was pulling my leg. We do. Uh, and also we have another guy who we know personally, uh, not personally, but through our chats. He mm-hmm. keeps looking at the stars, and every time he says he's looking at the stars, I go, oh, crap, what's going on now? Um, he mentioned something about, oh, look at the stars, and saying something for the Sharks fan. I'm like, what the heck is he talking about? And then I get a text in the morning time. I'm like, uh, okay. what? Um, but for me, a consistent quarterback. But does that change Jacksonville's overall approach to offense I think Jacksonville is that consistent quarterback away to settle the team down. Last week, we talked about before earlier this week, it was just a complete shellacking. Albany just like went, hey, Jacksonville, there you go. That was the game. Yeah. Um, But Jacksonville, oh, what does Jacksonville have? Oh, we got an easy week today, this week. Uh, We only got to travel to the Carolina Cobras. Uh, So it's going to be intriguing for me as a fan that 
for you, a lot of AFL uh, fans out there, you'll know Nelson. He played for the Cleveland Gladiators. He's played for the Washington Valor. He also has played for the West Virginia uh, Rough Riders at the time uh, in the AAL. So he's been around. He knows how to win, and he's won everywhere he's gone. Uh, so coming to Jacksonville is intriguing. It's going to be in instant success. Not really. But with Jacksonville's schedule coming up, I think it could put them over the edge to being a more complete team with them. So a lot of football to be played in Jacksonville, um, and especially around the league. But we got nine weeks left, and you get in there, find a way to go above 500 in the next nine weeks, get in the playoffs, you don't know. But I like the signing. I didn't expect the signing. When I got the text message, I'm like, oh, are we serious? Um, I mean, <laughs> What, what else can you say? I mean, like, like I said, he's, you know, Arena Bowl 31 MVP for a reason. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's an Arena Bowl champion. Um, one of the prime reasons why a 2-10, and ten, I mean, credit, the AFL in 2018 was four teams. I'll give you that. But nonetheless, you still have to get through a hard slog at that time. And they were able to, they actually took out the Empire back at the time when they were AFL team. And then they took down the the Baltimore Brigade in the in a Arena Bowl 31 which was no slouch of a, of a roster as well at that point yeah. too. Um, Nelson was a key factor in that. You know, he had great seasons with the Valor, uh, with the Gladiators. That's when he really came on the scene uh, after he had had a stint with Spokane at the time. 16 and 17, Cleveland fans definitely remember he, you know, multifaceted weapon, you know, and not really just in the passing game. I mean, absolutely was a danger through there. I mean, when you have any season that you throw 70 TDs in arena, that's getting on the high mark. You know, mm-hmm. that's a pretty great year for arena stats. Um, but I mean, here's the deal. He can do it with his legs. Malik Henry can too. But he, the difference I think between Arvell and Malik is Arvell is more better, is more accustomed to this game already. Mm-hmm. Um, and quite frankly, he knows the decisions of when he can pull it and run and when he has to dump it off, when he has to do and deliver a strike. You know, he's, I would say he's arguably pretty smart with the ball. Um, very explosive player. Uh, yeah. One that definitely changes the dynamic of a game. The only thing I'll I'll give that I want to watch for, um, and I don't know how quickly they'll bring him in. You know, I know that this week was when they were really final. They finished it off the deal, and you know they have him now in, and at least in the building to set up and get ready to go. Sure. Um, nonetheless, it's been a few years since he's played in arena. He was supposed to play in 2024, the West Virginia Rough Riders. That didn't happen. He's kind of been off the field for a minute. You know, I'm not saying that that's going to fully slow him down, but, you know, I'm assuming and hoping that he, you know, he's obviously kept himself in shape to this point. Um, He's been able to keep himself ready for an opportunity. The Sharks are that opportunity. Now, can you come in and make an impact right away? That's the thing I'm watching for. How much rust are we knocking off for him to come in and make an impact right out of the gate? I think he has the potential to do that. You know, he had, I mean, dude, dude, six, five, and towers over most people anyway, and is an imposing runner that lowers his shoulder and can knock you down for a few more extra yards too when he has to well, break out of the pocket. So, and also other teams were talking to him too. Mm-hmm. So he but, I mean, was he, put, there's he's a commodity for a reason. Like I said, he was a good, yeah. he was an excellent AFL player. You know, like his four years in the in the his four years starting full time in, in the AFL, he's one of the top QBs in the league. So there's a reason why that interest is there. The mm-hmm. Sharks, I can completely understand, too. I mean, that fan base is reeling to get something locked down where you don't see a second straight year of just, geez, like of just possibly missing the playoffs again. You know, for the pedigree the Sharks have as an organization, 
I cannot imagine going a second year where you fall out of the playoffs and to your former, well, I consider them your rival in Orlando. If that happens, which it's quite possible to me. Oh I yeah. Can see that Avenue Jim can too. So you need to get some firepower, someone that knows the game right off the bat, you know, and can just say, Hey, let's, let's get this rocking and rolling. I know how to operate an offense right out of the gate. That's what Arvell brings to your team. You know, and we had, and we had a guest on our show a couple of weeks ago that says that a quarterback who's veteran in the game, once you played in multiple systems, you'll pick up on the system pretty easily. And I think because of, uh, of Nelson, uh, his history in the league, I think he, I think, it might take a game at max, but the Sharks are after the game in Columbia, uh, Carolina. They're home for three of the next uh, three of the next four games, so yeah. they can feast off of those three home games. And I, the teams that are coming into town for the Sharks are not they're not Carolina, they're not Albany. So you can get some wins there. Exactly. Uh, but, exactly. But also. And, and- yeah, I was gonna say. I was gonna say the, the the sharks. What a roller coaster the last two days have been in, the, in a transaction wire. Last just yesterday, the sharks trade Kenny Veal to Albany for Jared Dangerfield. We love Kenny Veal down here. Yeah, and, I, and, the, mm. and shark fans are like, "What the heck is going on?" And then this morning we get, I get the text, and then a, a later in the day it was dropped that Nelson got signed, and, and people shark fans are like, "Man, this season's just." kicking us in the head and Nelson's like oh okay um okay we're in business now it's like it's just up and I can't deal with this emotion then <laughs> but uh yeah uh, if uh, Jared Angerfield's being traded to Jackson so you get another weapon there for Jackson but your defense in the back end uh takes a little bit of a hit so you're gonna have people have to step up uh in defense but overall we've said this before we said this a thousand times in the arena game you only go as far as your quarterback in this game. It's not like any other football. You live and die by your quarterback. It's I mean, that's it. It's simply mm-hmm. put it. You have to be able to sling the rock in arena. It's a, it's a heavier passing league than you can even argue in outdoor leagues. And I know that that game's kind of going that way where it's, you know, passing game is the exclusive way of winning a football game in the NFL, but in arena, that's, that's how it's been for pretty much it's 37 years of existence for the most part. So you know, you have to have a QB. Your QB is your definitive way of winning these games for the most part. Um, Arvell will help that out a lot. The Sharks, you know, Malik Henry has carried them to this point so far. Um, I'm, I mean, at some point you're going to either see Arvell jumps in either after this week or, I mean, if he jumps in this week against the Cobras, sure, why not? I don't know how ready he is, though. That's that's the thing. You know, and obviously he'll stress that more with the pick em, Uh, but that I mean, sooner they can get them in the better. Um, for the Sharks, I imagine if you're Coach Burley and company, you're saying, look, let's just try and lock up. Let's just try and focus on locking up that playoff seed. We'll get to that point. If we get in the playoffs, then we can start focusing on the bigger picture. But considering now that you're, you know, you're going into this, you're one and th- you're one and th- one and uh, four right now, and you're trying to maintain the same pace that Orlando might have. I mean, San Antonio, they've also been, they've only had three games so far. And I know that they are still the newest, but like, Hey, technically they're in the playoff picture. So you want to be ahead of those two guys. Those are your main ones. You're like, look, we need to win the games against these two in particular. See if we can steal another against Columbus. 
you know, for sure, if you're lucky and you get one stolen against, say, the Cobras when you play them later in the year, or heck, mm-hmm. if you can do it this week. I mean, that's how I look at your season right now. You know, get yourself in an orderly fashion. Yeah. Get to that playoff spot, fourth or third seed to me. Yeah, Carolina has to lose, right? Mm-hmm. You can't right. go undefeated, right? <laughs> right. I mean, hey, Albany last year lost, lost some, lost anyway. So, like, yeah, not, yeah. It, what a flip game that one, was. Someone's gonna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, look, Danny Southland Company, they handled their business last year against them. Just yeah. gotta get the right right night. It's a lot of it too. Get the right night behind behind you as well. But yeah, exciting news out of there. Honestly, um, I will say to end with the Kenny Veal discussion. I actually was surprised that trade. I. I, I, to me, it's a head scratcher, but that's the best I can put it because I don't. Jared Dangerfield's a talented receiver. I didn't think that was the issue that Jacksonville had or needed to yeah. solve. Uh, Kenny is a specialist lockdown corner in arena terms, and Albany already has so many weapons anyway. So I don't know. Big head scratcher. That's the best I can put on that. I haven't, there's no real clear answer to that trade, but they wanted to do it. It's kind of a wash at this point. That's all you can do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any intel on that. No. So, yeah. Maybe, maybe there's another podcast out there or someone else who cover out the league that knows the story um, or how it happened. But I, 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 I just saw the transaction bar go, oh, okay. This is interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's certainly affect things hopefully next, next week for our power rankings. This week, though, it's going to be, a little bit more focusing. Remember, we're going to, we're going to do these. We try and do these based on our previous week. So like, mm-hmm. you know, and Jim actually reminded me of this going into the show. It's like, try and judge it, you know, without Arvell, you know, cause that's yeah. how we were taking it in. You can't put Arvell in fully yet because we want to see how that team performs with him under center and then we can maybe make adjustments. So these are based on just really how these rosters performed exiting week five. Keep that in mind. So might as well get this thing under under the way as we always start at the bottom. Uh, no change. San Antonio staying at staying right there, sitting nice and pretty for me at six. Not much to explain. New team. Uh, they need a little more time to uh, get things cooking. Last week was not that option, as you heard in our uh, Wednesday rewind. A little bit ugly. Twenty plus hour road trip. Uh, best team in the league. You're facing off against defensive lapses. They have things to figure out. So. Not much to go on with. There's six for me. I can't say anything else, but that um, six, you play the best team in the league, lost big, kind of expect. Um, yeah, uh, San Antonio's at number six. But if there was, like, points, like, you can do in other games, mm-hmm. like in polls, there was a point system, they gained a couple of points because of John Wayne getting them. But uh, right down the other, still six for me in my book. My number five doesn't change. I have the Orlando Predators again. By week, you don't go up, you don't go down my ranking. So you don't get punished or you get rewarded. So my number five is uh, the Orlando Predators. They got a key matchup against the San Antonio Gunslingers this week. Pivotal game, seeing that it looks like this is going to be a, a four-team race for the final two spots in the postseason right now as, as the standings hold. But yeah, right now for me, number five is the Orlando Predators. I actually am going to switch up my five, and I won't go with the same as I did last week. Um I felt like it was a really ugly game by, with, with Jacksonville. And I know there were circumstances around them getting up to Albany, but that being said, I mean, the, the competitive level that they came out to play against Albany surprised me. I felt mm-hmm. it was the below par um, even with the circumstances that were listed. 
Um, Malik Henry didn't look at all like himself that the progression he had made, he regressed back to his week one and two ways. A lot of deep passes, prayers, uh, Kenneth McGruder coming back from being off, basically inactive. He prayed off that two easy interceptions just off of deep balls. He just comes across the field, takes it away from Devin Wilson or takes it away from Murray. I mean, I honestly, I don't know what to say. I, I'm more putting this as five because I was really, I guess I was just overall disappointed in the effort. Uh, that's just my own personal opinion. Um, maybe things change. I can do a different ranking. Obviously we talked to Arvell Nelson could help change that completely, but if I'm basing it off how they went into Albany and how Albany just kind of, it wasn't even close. They ransacked them. Um, second half, especially, uh, yeah, I can't move. I'll give Orlando the kudos. Even if it was a bye week they played teams close. Um, I also mentioned they haven't played Columbus yet. So, you know, kind of put that up in the air too. So both of them are kind of even against top tier opponents, both have played top tier opponents relatively close. That's all I can go on. I think I, this week I'm more penalizing just for how I think I was just disappointed how Jacksonville came to play was the main deal for me. Uh, I don't know how to top that. You basically repeat what I was going to say. Uh, my number four is the Jacksonville Sharks. Worst game I've seen them play in years, honestly. Uh, went up to Albany, disregard transportation, whatever. They got slapped around. They didn't belong yeah. on that field. Oh, yeah. yeah, number four, uh, the Jacksonville uh, Sharks for me. Yeah, I mean, and as I hinted, Orlando's my four. Um, clearly, I mean, they get a, they got a week off. You know, they they had some uh, two weeks in a row. They had, uh, you know, good efforts. I saw progression with at least that with that unit. Now, credit Brandon Fuentes being knocked out two weeks ago. That still is lingering. It's something I want to see them have. I mean, they have a pretty good matchup against San Antonio this week we'll talk about. That should be fun and one that is winnable for them or the gunslingers, quite frankly. Um, and I think Cato, I keep seeing good strides that he is making with this roster. So I want to see that keep going. Hopefully Jeff Higgins is hammering at home. Keep doing what you're doing. You're, this is working well for you. We have something we're building upon. We've shown that against two of the top opponents in the NAL in previous weeks. Um, and let's see if we can just keep establishing what we got. Um but yeah, I give Orlando a bit more praise this week um, and they get another home game to work off of. So yeah, they stick at me for number four, uh, number three, another bye week team though, Columbus. I mean, look, as we said last week's walkthrough, ugly stuff that they had against Jacksonville. It was an ugly game for them. Mm -hmm. Coach Gibson said as well, like he was embarrassed at the perform at his own coaching and the performance is what he was mentioning to us. So they had some things to work on. Uh, credit they did take the week they did take a bit of the week off you mentioned but maybe for the best kind of wash some of those memories away vacation um, does the best for teams sometimes exactly but i mean they they also they get another week up they they've gotten two wins in the nal they're sitting nice and tight um and to me they don't move much more you know uh they're in a good spot right now they get a home game coming up here with the albany empires we'll talk so yeah they said three for me uh, number three is the same uh, for me as the Columbus Lions. By week, you don't get hurt. You don't get points, whatever. Uh, discussing with Gibson about how what happened last against the Jacksonville Sharks last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think they'll try to rebound, and I think they'll be more fresh this time around. Uh, mm -hmm. Let the players go home or take a vacation. Um, they're going to go on the stretch here. Like I said before, the bottom four teams in my ranking are going to be battling for that last spot, uh, last two spots. So 
right now I have Jacksonville Columbus as his final two uh, to make that playoff. But, yeah, I, I think Columbus with Southwick in another week and a half under his belt with Darren Daniel coming back, uh, I think they'll be more solidified in the QB room, and I think they'll be better prepared. Big test this week against Albany Empire. Yeah. Um, but right now I have them at number three. And, of course, my number top two, I'm making it easy for both uh, for you and for our listeners. Top two is Albany and the Columbus uh, and the Carolina Cobras. They haven't changed. Albany and both Carolina dominated their opponents this week. I uh, took care of their opponents. Therefore, they do not jump each other. They stay the same in my book. Still right now, the two top teams in the league. And it's starting, as of right now, it's starting to look a lot like 2021 with Columbus and Albany. But this time, it's Carolina and Albany. Mm-hmm. That's why this coming week, in my opinion, is Separation Saturday in the National Arena League. It, it sure feels like it. And that's kind of where I was going to lead if you didn't was. Mm-hmm. My question would have been, did did Albany do enough to pass Columbus? And again, I, I would have said no. Because again, they still have that loss to Carolina. Sorry, Carolina yeah. And I apologize because you, I got last year on the brain, as mm-hmm. of course is mentioned. But no, like, did they pass Carolina? No, they still have a loss against the Cobras. We're next week will be uh, that looming June fourth mat rematch in the MVP arena. There'll be different must settings. Win. A must, yeah, a must win in must terms win of Albany. right for in terms of playoff, at least playoff seating as well as uh, tiebreakers. You know, I mean that's. It's a lot of stuff you got to consider. So next week will be a big one in terms of we'll we'll see if those can change in terms of power rankings. Hell, I mean, if we get an upset this week, it could too. But, you know, I digress. The June 4th matchup's big. I, I think that's what we keep hinting at, you know. But will there be an upset this week? Well, we'll Tune find out. Next. <laughs> say, hey, we'll, we'll be finding out right now. Well, you and I will discuss this, of course, wow. as always, wrapping up yes. the show. Yes, you'll see flashes around, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Mobile Studio. Thunderstorms, Florida, welcome. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> me and you both have the same uh, the opinion. You might hear rain. Who cares? I'm just warning you now. Uh, where I'm at, my location, one side in the building, no internet. Outside, cell phone service. It's the only best I can do. I do apologize. No. <laughs> um, I do get text messages that they love the mobile studio. So I may be in your city, and you just won't know. Um, I'm outside, by the way. Uh, Zach, no, just kidding. I'm not, I'm not in Indianapolis. <laughs> it's a heck of a trip for me. If you're um, in India, I'd be like, why aren't you at my house? Like, yeah, well, that'd be my first Why are you in the driveway floor? <laughs> uh, the meatloaf, ma, the meatloaf. I love that movie. But anyways, but yet the top four you had, like, honestly, we, I think me and Zach agree. We want Carolina and Albany to win this week. So that next week's game is even bigger. And what I mean is a must win for Albany. They lose, they lose a season series, and that's a potential tiebreaker for the home field. I can hear Burley and Gibson screaming from where they are right now just because mm-hmm. something is disturbing. I'm like, who said who said something? I, I'm, yeah. off. I'm, I'm off balance for saying they want someone to someone wants me to lose. I don't know who it is, yeah. but I can feel it. Is it the force talking to me? God, who, who who's God, saying that? Is, uh, is God, that you. <laughs> but yeah, it's a um, ladies and gentlemen, big weekend. Three games this weekend, and let's break them down, bro. Um, let's start with so everyone said so James just talks too much about the Sharks. Let's get the Sharks out of the way with the first matchup in Carolina. Game number two, the Jacksonville Sharks travel up to Carolina to take on the Carolina Cobras. Is it Malik Henry in the Jacksonville Sharks or is it Nelson? Arvell Nelson's Jackson, uh, Jackson Sharks. Intriguing. Or Damian May. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, that's that's the big wild card. 
who who's starting for the Sharks? Because even uh, even we don't Henry's status is totally a mystery because it was talked about on the broadcast that it was a possible issue with a knee injury, but he didn't come out with the team, and we haven't heard much all week. Also, we're recording because the NAL hasn't dropped their injury report, so go go figure. We can't really reference that immediately right now. There's things that there's a lot of up in the air with this just on the Sharks part. That QB position is kind of up in the air right now. Yeah. Um, but the question I have you, Zach, whoever starts at quarterback, does it change your pick of who wins this game? It, it doesn't. Um, and I'm here's my deal. If it's Malik Henry, um, I think I've seen what Malik can do right now. I don't know. I'll, I'll, maybe with a better week of travel to get to Carolina, I get I see what I did in previous weeks. Uh, weeks three and four, where he's settling down, looking for check down routes, not always going for the deep play, you know, running out of the pocket when he feels like it's necessary and smart decision making. I could be that could be the case. Uh, nonetheless, I worry that that regression is there and that if the defense is starting to get him frustrated, he just starts chucking up prayers. If they start getting back there and pressuring him, he just starts chucking up and playing hero ball. That's my yeah. worry. Damian May. Um, he was thrust into the spot, so I don't know. Maybe he has enough rep, reps and he can get thrown into this position. Um, I'm not as much confident if he's put in there. Arvell Nelson, same issue I brought up when in terms of the signing. How much rust does Arvell have? How quickly can you get him up to speed? You know, they they just announced this signing today is as we're recording Thursday. They play they play on Saturday. So, you know, how long have they been able to get him in to where he can just come on in and say, all right we're running this bad boy. And I know it, I've said in the past it uh, QBs have said, it's a little quicker on the upswing with arena to get some of the concepts down, but two days is two days. I still wouldn't have enough confidence to say there's an upset here, Carolina and Carolina. I mean, they can beat you so many different with so many different options and they're, they're healthy. You know, there no injuries so far. Both these teams are on the same schedule, no bye weeks you know, and they've been able to sustain. And for the Sharks, you just trade away Kenny Veal. I'm, my confidence in that, no matter who's behind center, I'm taking Carolina here. So plain and simple for me. For me, that is. For me. Just, just letting others, for me. Do I need to do it? Do I need to do it? No, I'm not doing it for this game. Oh. Uh, <laughs> for this, I look at the Sharks. Too many questions right now of who wants to start. Minus Kenny Veal. The offense is just sputtering now. I need to see a quarterback back there that's consistent to make me start picking the Sharks again, like very, you know, passionately. I look on the other sideline. I'm looking at a quarterback that was nearly perfect the last home game against the San Antonio Gunslingers, threw over 300 yards, eight touchdowns, and you have three receivers. I think DJ Myers will be this playing this week so you'll have Myers Summers Ings lining up oh Zach Brown too in fullback position Caroline's on right now and can it be as ugly as the Albany matchup possibly maybe it's Nelson maybe the quarterback and it just over the progression of the game he starts getting things handled getting everything under control and Jackson stays competitive in this game like they did in the first one right but right now I I yeah, I'm like you. I, I don't I don't see Jacksonville uh winning this game. I just don't I got Carolina winning this game. 
Yeah. I, yeah. Too many, too many options, too many ways to beat you. It's Carolina's bread and butter. I mean, Jonathan Bain, you saw last week when he's hot, he is on fire. And again, like they, they, their setup is so unique in terms of the offensive specialist setup, like with just having Ziegler as at the center, a dedicated lineman that can give him a little more protection. Now credit uh, people have been getting to Bain a little more consistently in recent weeks. Actually, ever since we talked to coach Rez, it seems like that it's almost like he cursed himself a little. He's had a few sacks uh, against Orlando, and then a and of course even San Antonio got back one or two times, even with a blowout. So <laughs> yeah, that's funny, isn't it? It is kind oh, of he, okay. hasn't, he hasn't been touched. Next game, two sacks. <laughs> next three, next two games, yeah, yeah. <laughs> gets sacks. So I mean, hey, still nonetheless, the fact that you have that fluidity with your options back there, whether it's Evan Summers, Myers, Ings, you know, it's a weapon of the week system right now too in the offense sure. so they can do what they want and defensively people like you know like so joe powell and company in the secondary they'll impose their will as well they have a oh, lot they can tack you with the uh, football game has three key factors offense defense and special teams who ranks better right now at all three positions carolina 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 yeah tc i mean tc stevens for crying out. Yeah. the only i mean the only one that even rivals stevens right now is a Roscoe over in albany correct but the only two kickers have made deuces Exactly. Exactly. So they all three phases of the game, they can beat you at and can run away with it. Um, yeah. Jacksonville's got a lot of stuff they need to figure out this week. I think I, I'd say if you can get an upset, that is, that is incredible, but I'd say this is a Mulligan week. Just show a better product on the field this week. That's my objective. You know, go right for now, a win, of course. try and win, but right now Jacksonville needs to focus on getting their stuff corrected. Take the L if there is an L this week, if not, if you pull off an upset, you have a schedule that benefits you for home games. Feast on your home games that are coming mm-hmm. up, and you might be 6-6 six, six or 7-7 seven, seven at the end of the year. If you're a Jacksonville fan right now, especially me, big as of course, I will freaking throw a parade if they go 7-7. Seven, seven. Just saying. Find a way to get to 7-7. Seven, 7-7 seven. Seven, seven will most likely get you in. Might even give you the three seat. But Honestly, yeah. yeah, I mean, we talked playoffs are what you should be looking at. Get that, get one of the positions locked up the way you've started the season, mm-hmm. right? The ship, slow things down, get a stabilized offense out there and minimize how often you get burned on defense or, yeah. I'm, or, you know, I mean, that's just the thing regroup. That's what your deal is. Regroup, see what you got this week. And then with Arvell getting more comfortable in the system, start that phase where you're playing Orlando multiple times, San Antonio, you know, make sure you get those wins and make sure you're on your A game moving forward. That's the best I can put. Uh, Next up on the docket for matchups here, we've got Albany. They are on the road. They're going to take on the Columbus Lions. Again, out of their bye, they rested up. They licked their wounds from that blowout in Jacksonville, funny Mm -hmm. enough. Um, And they get to host. Uh, Civic Center getting packed in. I've been checking tickets all week. Looks like people are starting to, you know, fill on in. So it should be a rowdy game. Uh, These two have had... uh, close matchups as of last year, but as Gibson said, it ain't a rivalry, a rivalry yet until we get a win. Mm-hmm. So week out Albany, uh, adding more weapons. We didn't even mention that Aaron Waska signed on who, yeah. if, if that name rings a bell, he was the number two receiver for the Philadelphia soul with Darius Prince in 2019. Keep that in mind, by the way. Um, I don't know how quickly he'll get up to speed, but that's something to keep an eye on as another talent. I, I could keep the list going forever, but I don't have enough time to do that right now. Um, 
the Empire are on a really hot streak ever since week one. Sam Castronova, what can we say? Dude uh-huh. has had an amazing sophomore, I would say sophomore success. <laughs> you know, it, there's the sophomore slumps, the cliche, because this is his second year in the arena scene, but he's taken strides, yeah. as we've mentioned. Um, defensively, Empire, their best showing of the year last week against the Sharks. Um, yeah, no debate there. No debate there. Right. And then if we look at the Lions, you know, can't, can't give them too much. They have, you know, obviously the debate right now is Danny Southwick or Darren Daniel. Who's going to be playing? You know, who's is Daniel healthy? Southwick, if he's going to be playing, does he get things down smoothly compared to his, his uh, quick turnaround matchup against the Sharks two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. We'll see that. Um, and can the Lions play smart ball? That's the big deal. Less sacks, no turnovers, you know, things that were disastrous back at the Shark Tank. Can they mitigate those? Because when you play Albany, you really have to play your best game. It's one of the, it's one of the two teams in the league. You have to be able to have little to nothing go wrong if you want a chance to win. So, Jim, do they pull it off? Do they pull it off? Do they pull it had, off? Does Columbus we- pull it off? We had we had Gibson on yesterday. They just came off of a slacking by a Jacksonville Sharks team that just came off of a slacking. Southwick was thrown into the mold. Now he has a week off. Offense got more get more time. Do they pull off an upset against San and or against Alvin? Good question. Very good question. You made a crazy pick last week, and it cost you. You had to go get a jersey. But would I make a crazy gift as Thor is banging around me with his lightning? Yes, he is. Um, (laughs) Yes, he is. There will be an upset in Columbus this weekend. Hey, all right. Um, Only reason why is I, Gibson, you're giving Gibson a week and a half to prepare for Albany. They're frustrated. They're in the same position Jackson was a couple of weeks ago, desperate for a win. Yep. They've had three ugly games. Now they have a quarterback group that's more suitable. Southwick another week. Southwick actually has a 1-0 record against Albany. Uh, yes, he was with the Sharks last year, but still. I think... With Albany going off their high, they're going to go play a Columbus team this weekend that is desperate for a win. Even though they're two and one, I think Albany is going to do a little bit of overlooking for Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a trap game for Albany. That's why I have Columbus winning this game because it's almost a trap game for them. I think they'll be looking ahead. I see. Um, it's going to be an ugly game. One thing I know about one thing we know about Columbus in their years in the in the NAL. They're scrappy. They don't care if you're the best team in the league or the worst team in the league. They will fight you. Literally. <laughs> Not just on the field. They will fight you. And I think Gibson, that organization, they have a receiving core. Very underrated. Um, getting an extra day or a couple of days with Southwick and Darren Daniel, I think they have a more suitable backfield than can, we can discuss. There's some mm-hmm. Columbus fans that we know that don't think highly of the team so far. But I look at Albany. I see got big win over the last couple of weeks, big wins over Orlando and Jacksonville. 
And now, oh, Carolina's in the future. We can see Carolina. They'll overlook Carolina. They have to go to Columbus. Columbus is not really a great place to travel to. We've heard rumors about how hard it is to get to Columbus. Um, we're not talking about the organization, just the, how go look at flights to Columbus. Sure. You have to go Logisti- like four different. Logistically <laughs> speaking, that's what you have, you have, to, you have to go like four different cities to get to Columbus uh, by flights. Um, but I look at it over overall. San Antonio is a damn good team. I mean, not San Antonio. Uh, Albany is a damn Albany. good team. Um, I just, for me, I just look at Columbus and interviewing Gibson the other day. I just, there's something about that Lions team that they're scrappy little bunch and they're home. I look, I just saw the t- the the pre-sale tickets right now. Looks like it's gonna be a nice crowd. Should um, yeah. and one thing about Albany about Columbus fans, they know when the big game comes to the town, they come out and support. Uh, I think Columbus feeds off their fans. I think Columbus gets key turnovers, and it's very one thing. It's very hard to do in Columbus is kick deuces. So yes, it is. Um, I think Albany's deuce brigade will be a little bit difficult to make because of how the arena is. Um, I think Columbus wins this game close, but can it get away early if Columbus is if they Columbus comes out like they did against Jacksonville? This game's gonna get away early. Albany has that team and they added more weapons. I just like the dog in Columbus right now. I think they're gonna fight. And if crap, if it's separation Saturday that we both think it is going to be. If Columbus loses, and it's it literally is a two-team race this year again for the NAL. But I think, for me, I think Columbus keeps that from being a two-team race this fast, this early. It mm-hmm. may be in three couple weeks from now, but right now I don't think it's a two-team race. I think Columbus sticks and stays in the conversation for another couple weeks. So give me the Columbus Lions with the upset this week over the Albany Empire. And oh, yes, yes, because of how we do. Zach set up the rules. Manas, Levesque, Goss, Darius Prince. Who else watches our show? Antoine Grant. We know you watch our shows. If you guys beat Columbus, text me, message me. You know us. Let me hear it. I'll buy a T-shirt. Don't Levesque, don't Gaza, they may send me everything and tell me to wear it, whatever. I will buy a t-shirt of the Albany Empire um, if the Albany Empire win the game. Now, if Columbus wins, oh well. well so in I, a couple of weeks, I, me and you might be wearing Albany Empire and Carolina COVID gear. So who cares? So we're, we're helping. The, it's a win-win situation. We buy stuff if there are upset picks don't week. But yes, upset pick of the week. Columbus Lions knock off the Albany Empire. And I know you're gonna pick Albany because that's just you. You don't want to say you don't want to stay with Jim. Jim doesn't make like I didn't stay with you last week. Let's go pick Santa. Well, no, I mean I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it just because I I've been at length, Jim. I mean, there's so many pieces that can burn you in, with the Empire. They just agreed. It's so it is a stockpile at this point, and I'm not. You can't even sugarcoat how stockpiled the weaponry is with the Empire. Co- Coach Manas and you know even and even Levesque up there. They have found t- they keep getting talent after talent after talent after talent. I could Agreed. go on and on and on. I sound like a Subway refresh commercial. We're not sponsored by Subway, by the way. Uh, but just to have to point that out. Nonetheless, I got Albany 
that's how I'm going to lay it down. Our final matchup of the week. I see you dying over, over there. I know why. Eat fresh. Eat, <laughs> eat fresh. Our, our final matchup of the week is. I didn't even hold a sandwich yet. We're already going to the next segment. Dang it. Just like the subway commercial. <laughs> right. And, and, and you know, this one, this one's a bit of a toss up. It's uh, it, it's the gunslingers. They're on, they're on a long road trip. That's yeah. the deal. They're kind of going around the East coast. They're stopping now over in Orlando and they're going to be taking on the predators who are on a massive home stint right now. That's kind of, it's funny. It's a tale of two different schedules. As you might've heard some gunslingers fans are like, Oh my God, we're away from our stadium for like over a month, almost a month and a half Orlando. They get a ton of home games and they're on the road for most of the second half of the season. So mm-hmm. completely different scenario. Orlando gets to be staying comfy here. They are off. They're off a bye week two losses that were within arm's length of having a chance of getting upsets. Um, as we've mentioned, Rakeem Cato getting a little more comfortable But the gunslingers. I mean, they just, it's still figuring, figuring some things out was a bit rough outing. Uh, I think it's a little more, they played them close last matchup. And that was with a different quarterback at the time with Javin Kilgo, who is not in the league anymore. Actually, um, it's Robert Kent now is playing for them, mm-hmm. you know, still getting his feet under him with his own receiving core. Um, kind of a toss up for me. Uh, I, I'm going to be playing it safe after my last week with, with, in terms of, uh, picking the gunslingers. I also am high on the predators in terms of a second half swing. Like last year, I see a lot of things are doing right. Um, I think this is a game you see a get right. They'll get, they'll get to two and three and they'll put a little more pressure on Jacksonville for that fourth seed in the playoffs. It's still early in the year. It's not even the halfway point, but it gets more and more important, especially with them having 12 games in the schedule compared to Jacksonville's 14. I think they get a win here. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Predators get one because it's in the jungle. Uh, they played Albany close. They played Carolina close. And San Antonio has to travel to Orlando. But the good thing about San Antonio, they can fly direct from San Antonio to Orlando. Right. Um, so I don't think travel will be an issue for them. Uh, I think uh, this this game is going to be unique. I think Orlando the last couple of weeks against uh, Carolina and Albany, they were going blow for blow for both teams. You know, just a couple things didn't go for their way, and then the the team with the more talent wins. Right now, based on you look at the roster between Orlando and San Antonio, Orlando has the better roster in my opinion, and I think Cato as he's he's actually I wish. Henry had the same progression that Cato has done this season. Uh, Cato first game was like, oh, wow, what are you doing? And as the season's progressed, he's actually becoming a good arena quarterback. Um, and, of course, I think Beavers, Outlaw, they're going to have to step up with Brendan Fuentes being out for a couple of weeks. Um, I like Orlando because it's the jungle. Um, and I think after this game, I think Orlando has one more home game next week. Then they're on the road for like three weeks. Uh, I think that's a that's a, a stretch that they have, and they also have the bye week up too. So uh, right, they're one yeah, the, they're one of the other two teams with buys. For my partner here with Jim Mernier, I'm Zach Kyleman saying so long. I would feel bad, you know. I feel like you do these so much better, so that's why I'm doing doing this here. But mm-hmm. you know, folks, remember one thing: at least take this away from our shows every time you watch. I might be the annoying shark fan, but one thing that us jar fans would do: we do love. Very loved being out Jack in the Box, but for me, to you, our listeners, don't be a Jack out of the Box this week. We'll see you next week. All right. Uh, that was an hour and 11 minutes. <laughs>